I know you all are smiling. I know there's joy in your heart this morning. Isn't it right? Because there's absolutely no reason that we should not have joy in our hearts. Because we have a God that gives us joy. And when we find that we're not having any joy, we need to check in with the God of joy. So he can supply us even more. Amen? Amen. There was a question. We were walking through a series that God has asked us to go through because we're really, really having to get to this higher ground. And the question at the end of uh, Bible study Wednesday night, uh, we were talking about the relationship that we have with uh, God. We are the bride and he is the husband. Amen? Yeah. And, it was, and the Lord showed, showed, revealed to us, we should say, that relationship it found in Deuteronomy 19 and, and, and uh, uh, 20. And so we thank God for that lesson, but a, a question was, a comment was made about how we're supposed to act as the bride. And uh, the Lord said, start right where you left off Wednesday. So I want, if we would, to turn to Proverbs 31. See, there's a relationship between the, our God and us. And it's going to be a relationship that's going to last throughout eternity. And it's this type of relationship. It is, we are the bride of Christ. Amen? Amen? That's what the scriptures tell us. And so as a bride, there's some things we have to be and, and ways we should act. And, and it shouldn't be very difficult to understand these because that's why God compared the relationship between us and the Lord with husband and wife. That's why marriage was instituted to teach us the proper relationship between God and his church. And we thought it was just for us. It was a lesson. It's a, it's a lesson to us to teach us how to be the bride of Christ. And you see now how the devil has come so strong at marriage. He has gotten us to believe things that aren't true. He has gotten sisters to, to behave in a way God did not instruct. He's had brothers to behave in a, gay, a way God has not instructed. And so now we don't even have a full measure of understanding concerning our relationship with him. Amen. Isn't that terrible? Mm -hmm. But oh, I'm sorry, Satan, you've been defeated because God left his word. And we're going to look at that today. We're going to find out what this relationship is and where we have to go because he asked us this morning to tell his people, give him his glory. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31. We're just going to read verse 10 through 12 to begin this morning. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12. He says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him what? Good and not evil all the days of her life. You see what the proper wife is according to the scripture. And this is the type of wife Christ is trying to make us. We will do him good and not evil all the days of our life. Amen. If you ever, if you ever been in a marriage like this, it's a beautiful experience. It's a wonderful experience that you don't have to fight your spouse in order to serve God. Amen. Because that can be a little trying sometimes, can it? And, and, but God says, this particular bride that I'm developing called my church will do me good and not evil all the days of her life. So we as the, the bride of Christ need to learn how not to be evil to our husband. Amen? Amen. Now, if you go to 1 Peter today, we're going to find a little more description about this wife that we need to be because it's time to give him his glory. And it's a way to give God his glory, that we can give God glory. We know that. He has mapped it out in his word, and it's time for us to do that because there's no one else outside of Jesus that can do what he's about to do with us so we can show the world who the Father is. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, we're looking at this bride before we move on. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, let's begin at verse 2. This was discussing the type of wife to be. And if the man is, is going nuts and, and, you know, he's not going the path that he should be going in, God says, look, man, I need you to hang in there because of one thing, that you might save that one. But let's look at the character of the woman that we are supposed to be. And in verse 2 of 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, While they beheld your, what? Chaste conversation coupled with fear. We're just not going to skip over that verse. 
a chaste conversation. That's a pure conversation. This bride of Christ will have words of purity. Amen? Coupled with fear, meaning that we are going to rev reverence our God, reverence our Lord. Amen? We're going to obey him. We're going to have the conversation he would have us to have. And as this was talking about not just the, 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 the human relationship or the human woman, it was also talking about this bride that Christ wants us to be. In verse 3, he talks about who's adorning, let it not be that of what? The outward adorning of plaiting of the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. Don't let your outward be all that there is. He said, look, we got too many uh, churches or too many people claiming me that's just an outward show. And when you get past the, 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 the facade that they put up, they're just not quite what they say they are. God says, look, I need you to understand my bride is going to be through and through. She's not going to be a Hollywood set. You'll be able to go into my bride's house and everything lines up with what, my, what the husband says it's supposed to be. Amen. Now, now, as you see this, sisters, and you see this, brother, let's, let's all understand not only collectively are we to do this, but also in our own homes are we to be this. Are we all right with that? <laughs> but verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not what? Corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of what? Great price. Herein lies a problem, both the physical and the spiritual. We got something to say, don't we? As a church, as, as, as Christians, we're going to tell God what to do. We're going to tell God how we should serve him or how he should adjust his way to us. That's not a meek and quiet spirit. That's a boisterous, odious woman. That's a woman who does not know that God is in charge. The husband is where he is because God put him there. We do what? We try to tell God how to serve. Is that a smart move? No. You've met women like this, haven't you? Other women. I'm talking to the sisters now. See, I'm not talking about the brothers. Now, y'all be quiet. <laughs> a woman who just always got something to say. That's why I said I was talking to the sisters. <laughs> um, he said, but, 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 but we as, as a nation, we as a church have to have a meek and quiet spirit. We're afraid of that. The corporate world has taught us any woman with a meek and quiet spirit will not achieve the goal that she set out to achieve. That could not be anything further than the truth because a meek and quiet spirit also comes the power of God. And so, but, but, but they, they, they train us this way. And they, they said, no, you can't be meek. They're going to they're gonna think you're weak. You can't be quiet because they're going to say you don't know what you're talking about. See, meek and quiet doesn't mean silence. It means under the control of God. Can we handle that? Yes. He said, this is what God values. And we have to understand something. I don't care what you're doing on this earth. This thing is about to end. And so we might be prepared. Sister Jerry brought out, we're preparing for heaven. So don't put all your effort into the things of this world because these things are going to pass away. And you're going to be standing there and God is going to say, what happened? Well, I was preparing for this. I was going to get this promotion or I was going to have this house. Well, he's going to say, didn't I tell you to prepare for heaven? And so, and it's you, we are born in a generation that will likely see the clouds open up. That we'll likely see the Lord himself coming back. Isn't that a great, exciting time to live? Yes. Well, we ought to start acting like it. I know, oh, well, my grandmother told me Jesus has come back. She, just, she wasn't lying. Soon, I don't care if somebody in 1900 said he was coming back soon. They are correct. Because when you deal with eternity, what's 100 years? But God is coming. And he's coming to get those who have prepared for heaven. And a meek and quiet spirit is one of the attributes that we must possess. Verse 5, for after this manner in the old time, the holy women also 
who trusted in God, hmm, adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Oftentimes in marriage counseling sessions, we go over this. And the reason that uh, uh, some women can't handle this because they are afraid. They are afraid that they, this thing is not gonna work out. They're afraid that if I do this, if I submit, if I have a meek and quiet spirit, he's gonna run over me. And we try to assure them of something. If you do this, because it's a thus saith the Lord, there's nobody that can run over you because the power of the living God is with you. And if you trust him, you have to trust God to do this because your eyes will tell you something different. You say, Father, you said this. I will do it. Lord, help me. Help my unbelief because I'm shaken, Lord, because I know that this man that you, oh, I mean, that I chose is not walking in your way. God says, I got him. Don't worry about it. But we have to stay and we have to trust. And as a church, we're going to have to stay and we're going to have to trust a thus saith the Lord. I don't care what our eyes tell us. I don't care what our, uh, uh, our former brothers tell us. I don't care what the enemy comes and says. What does the thus saith the Lord say? And trust in that. And that's the bride we ought to be. Amen? Amen. So that's the, that was the answer to that question. But God said in the book of Revelation chapter 4. Let's go later today. He said, give me my glory. Give me my glory. Do you think he deserves that? Yes. We want to read something that's happening in heaven that is always overwhelms me when I read it and to think about how dusty, sorry man won't do this. We're in Revelation chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 8 through 11. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4 because he says, give me my glory. Give it to me. He's sick of somebody saying I'm a Christian and not glorifying his name. He said, give me my glory. And one thing I know, this year, you're going to find out. This year. Some people already found out. Some people have already passed away this year, haven't they? But this year is your year. You're going to find out something. If you're going to be with God or not with God, you're going to make a decision. And what's so wonderful about it is that it's going to be a decision for life eternal. And that's what we're going to make a decision for. I'm never going to speak that some of you in this room are going to, are going to choose hell. We're never going to speak that because we don't believe that. Amen. But this year is going to be a very big year for you all. In Revelation chapter 4, let's read verse 8. He said, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day nor night, saying what? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. See, you see what this is? This is happening around the throne of heaven. Do you think that anything around the throne of heaven is junk? No. no. This is happening now. Holy, holy, holy. And let's see what else happens in verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who lived forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive what? Glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Glory, glory, glory. If heaven has given him glory, why won't we? If heaven... Of the, of the, the, the 24 elders are taking their crowns off and laying at his feet. Why won't we do that? Why won't we take this old body and this old mind that we have and lay it at his feet? He is worthy to be praised. Give him God. Give him your glory. Honor him. Praise him. Worship him. For what else are you going to do? Why are we worshiping ourselves? We marvel in our own magnificence sometimes. We say, oh, aren't we great? 
Aren't we wonderful? Isn't this this great system that we are working? It's working for us. Look at my bank account. Look at these cars. Look at what I have. We, we sit there and say, oh, aren't we wonderful? And in a moment, it could all be gone. God says, why not give me my glory? I was there at your birth. I was there before your birth. I walked you through that nine-month process. You didn't even know who I was. When you came out, I was there. That first breath you took, that was mine. And I've been with you ever since. Amen. And everything you've ever done, I am the cause. Amen. Every cell in your body is mine. Amen. If I were to speak stop, it would stop and you would not be. Why won't you give me my glory? And what's so wonderful about God, he's not asking as a dictator. He's asking as a loving father. Honor me and let me honor you. Because my law makes me do that. I can't go outside my law. Honor me so I can honor you. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Why won't we give him his glory? Go to Isaiah if you would. He said, I want to remind you about something, who I am. We're in Isaiah chapter 25. And we're just going to read verse 1. Isaiah 25 verse 1. The brother was crying out loud. He was rejoicing. And we need to do that a little more often. We need to rejoice in God. We act like God is a dull God. God is a, a God that just wants you to sit on your hands and, and, you know, and eat, eat hummus. <laughs> God said, I inhabit the praise of my people. But in the first verse of Isaiah 25, it says, O oh Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Can we say amen to that? Yes. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. What you have written down is true, and you have stayed faithful to your word all these thousands of years. Thank you, Lord. Another reason to give him his glory. Now, you want a, a second testament? Go First Timothy. I don't want anybody to come out of here with any kind of misconceptions about this book. This book is real. And his, it, it, from, from Genesis 1, 1 to Revelation 22, 21 is his word. Amen? Amen. And we're going to find in his word why we need to give him his glory. Amen. And in Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter 1. What a description. In verse 17, what a description. He said, now unto the king eternal. That's who, that's who needs your worship. He's called the king eternal. So anybody who's in that, into that power trip, he's king for how long? Eternal. eternal. Then he calls him immortal. <laughs> now, think about this God. This is the God that's asking us this morning, give me my glory. He said, I'm the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. He said, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He said, this is who I am. Give me my glory. What other God do you want to serve? You want to serve yourself? You are neither immortal, wise, invisible, what else? Powerful. You are nothing. I am nothing. Why are we serving ourselves like we do? Remember we talked about last week that self has to die. That pride has to be gone. It shouldn't be too hard now. We're talking about the immortal, invisible, eternal God who asked us this morning, give me my glory. First Chronicles. We all right? We understanding. See, we found out who we had to be. He, he gave us a snapshot of the, the type of people we need to be. And, and he's saying, look, now is the time to give me my glory. And I'm going to show you how you can do that. You think he would tell us to do something? He didn't give us instructions to follow. He would never do that. God said in 1 Chronicles. Let's read 16, 24, and then we're going to go down to 28 and 29. 1 Chronicles 16. See, part of the, the wife's duty, the church's duty, is found in verse 24. He said, declare his glory among the heathen. That's part of the church's duty. If we don't give him his glory, how are we going to declare his glory? 
He said, I want you to declare this, his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. Have a testimony, people. That's how you show his glory. You got something. Why? Because you've been with him. Yeah, you walk with him. You understand you are the bride. I was sharing Wednesday night. I said, as a male, it's weird me being a bride. But oh, it's kind of fun, though, when you think about it. You got a husband like Christ? <laughs> I worry about what? <laughs> Most women these days don't have the right husband. A husband that takes care of them that protects them, that they don't have to worry, they don't have to hustle. They're there, and the wife can be the wife God asked her to be. But it's hard for a wife to be that when they married to somebody they chose. That happens, doesn't it? But God said, don't worry, I can fix that too, if you let me. But God says, he said, I need you to do something for me, church. I need you to declare my marvelous works. Verse 28 says, give unto the Lord, ye kingdoms of the, of the people. Give unto the Lord, what? Glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in what? In the beauty of holiness. Here we go. We see who he is, right? We see what we're supposed to be. We see the command to give him his glory. Now we're going to find out how. He said, in the beauty of holiness. Holiness. That was a word that I heard a lot when I was a child. In church. Holiness. Some of you would even have holiness churches, wouldn't you? This is a holiness. Oh, they're a holiness church now. <laughs> when you go over there, be ready. <laughs> we used to hear that. And holiness church meant they jumped up and down, ran around the seats. I didn't say that was holy. I just said that's what that meant. But you heard holiness because everyone understood there was a difference between God's people and the world. And there used to be a difference. Remember you ever call you? Oh, you was one of them holy girls. You one of them good girls. Y'all remember those conversations? Yeah. I pray y'all were one of those holy girls. Yes. And they would all, you know, they, they say, oh, you, you know, they oh, don't, 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 don't go out with her, you know, mm -mm. She ain't with that. Because she was a good girl. And all oh, brothers, that's the only thing we wanted, right? We spent our whole life trying to find a good girl. And most of us tried to find her to make her bad. Oh, y'all better ask forgiveness. God will forgive you for that, brothers. But you better recognize there's some fasting and praying need to be going on. But there used to be a difference. Now we can't tell. Where's the holiness? God said, you can't glorify me without the holiness because I'm holy. He said, remember, I'm holy, you be holy. And what's so wonderful about that? It's so true. If you allow holiness in you, what are you going to do? Holy things. If you allow the Holy Spirit in you, it only does holy things. But there is a, a block here in our soul that says, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to be really holy. Because it's not, you know, you used to have the excuse, well, they're going to look at me funny. That's not even, not, that's not true. Who cares what they look at? Amen. The problem is we don't want to give it up. See, there's some holiness cleaning that has to happen now. Because if we're going to go to the level, that higher ground we sung about, we're going to have to let holiness in us. And holiness is going to change us. So if you're afraid of change, get them leave today. You're going to be changed because holiness cleans the house. And he said that we should do something, what? In the beauty of holiness. First Thessalonians. You don't believe me. First Thessalonians. Oh, we, can be, we can be Christians and not really be, you know, we're going to follow God drunk. We talked about that this morning, didn't we? We had a whole lot of conversation about things that we didn't know we knew about. <laughs> going to follow God. 
and be holy and claim the name of Christ and walk contrary to his written word. First Thessalonians, God's made this statement. First Thessalonians chapter four. All of you all say God called you, amen? First Thessalonians chapter four, verse seven says, for God hath not called us unto what? But what did he call us unto? Holiness. holiness. We've lost holiness. Therefore, we can't glorify him. We've lost the desire to be good, of doing what mom and dad told us to do. We've lost the desire to walk the straight and narrow because it's, the world has convinced us that's not fun. The good young ladies don't want to be good young ladies because they say, well, you know, I'm, I can't find a man if I'm, yeah, yeah you can. You'll find a man. You won't find any boys. But you'll find a man because God will bring it to you. Because remember, with obedience comes the power of God. We out here looking for a wife, looking for a husband. You better let him look. Our eyes are messed up. We ain't been 2020 in so long, we don't know what to see. I'm going, Lord, I need a husband. Yeah, you do, but you, let me find it. <laughs> please let me, please, sisters, let him find it. Because not only is he looking for you, he's looking to fix you. You ever thought about that? Okay, I, I do it the other way so women won't get offended. <laughs> Brothers that are looking for a wife, he's going to bring you one as soon as he fixes you. So we can take it a little better. Because yeah. we all messed up. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to bring my daughter to a mess. So I need you to clean up first. And when you clean up, you're going to say, you're going to look up, man, she's been standing there all the time. But your eyes were so messed up, you couldn't see. God says, I called you into holiness. So we need to be a holy church. We need to be a holy nation. Amen? Amen. Now let's keep moving. How can we do this? Mm. Oh, no, we got to have one more scripture. Hebrews. Hebrews 12. Just in case you thought holiness was an option. The Lord said in Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 14. He said, follow peace with all men and holiness. Without which... No man shall see the Lord. So holiness went from a, con, uh, what, a choice to what? A necessity. You can choose, well, you know, because choices change. I prefer to be holy or am I convicted? See, now it went from preference to conviction. You want to see the Lord? Now I put it like this. Now I put it like this. You want to see the Lord in peace. Because you're going to see the Lord either way. But, or you want to see the Lord in peace. You do? He said without holiness, you're not going to see him. Oh. See, holiness gets all the way down to the bone. Let's walk down. Go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to walk down holiness. Amen? Amen? See, holiness is just you've been separated for a higher calling, for a higher walk. You've been separated. You no longer walk with, with the demons. You don't walk, walk with the devils. You don't no longer walk with the bad crowd. I say, I have been set aside by the holy God to walk in a holy way. Didn't say you wouldn't spend time with folks. I'm not saying you got to lock yourself up in a room, but you have been convinced by the Holy One of Israel that holiness is a good idea. First Corinthians, if you would. Chapter 6, I believe. And this brother, this brother always sound like, you know, astonished at stuff. And, and brother, in 6th chapter of 1 Corinthians, verse 19. He said, what? <laughs> like, what, what's wrong? You know, this brother was slightly aggressive. He had been through a whole bunch of towns and countries and he'd been preaching and he said, look, man, the word says this. And everybody, oh, yeah, 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 man, amen. And the word said this. Oh, yeah, no, 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 we'll do it. And he'd come back and say, what? What are y'all doing? I just told you that. The Lord just showed how many times we got to go over this. And he said, what? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of what? The Holy Ghost. So where should holiness begin? He said, of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, amen, and ye are not your own. Holiness comes from God. It needs to be where? In you. So there's a holy way to act. There's a holy way to keep your body. Is that true? Yes. We sure? Yes. He said, for ye are bought with a price. Who paid that price? He said, therefore, glorify God in your what? Body and in your spirit, which are God's. So at least we have two grounds now that we have to glorify him. Where holiness has to be found. That's in your body and in your spirit. Amen. Stay in Corinthians. I told you I'll leave 20 minutes ago. First Corinthians. We're going to have to get this right, people. Holiness or worldliness. We're going to have to get it right. And we're going to let God get it. Amen. We're not going to be the outward adorning. We're not going to leave here and say, oh, Brother Shaw, I heard pastor say that we need to be like this. And I'm going to do all this. Uh-uh. Pastor Shaw didn't tell you anything. I think I'm just reading this morning. See, you can be mad at me, which most of you will be somewhere along this timeline. But you're not going to be mad at God, are you? When God says, glorify me in your body and in your spirit, that eliminates a lot of stuff. Amen? Amen. A lot of stuff. Well, let's go to, we're still in Corinthians. Let's see if we can get a little more upset. It's Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. See, this is about glorifying our God. The reason we're here is to glorify him. He is worthy to be praised. In 31, he says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do for what purpose? Doesn't that cover everything? Because he said, you know, because eat, drink, you know, but whatever you do, what, <laughs> do all to the glory of God. Amen. Okay, let's get ridiculous. You ready? When you go shopping, anybody, pick a store. Y'all want, want to go to Macy's? Y'all want to go to JCPenney? Y'all want to go to Kroger? Or Snooks? Which one y'all want to go? Which way y'all want to go with this one? Macy's. We're going to Macy's. We walk into Macy's glorifying God. We walk out of Macy's glorifying God. What's in that bag? It's going to what? Nothing. Okay. Amen? Because we do all, right? It's just a lot of, all to the glory of God. All right? We in Macy's. We at the, at, 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 you know, at the rack. And most of us get caught by sales, you know. It's, we got to be what we want, but it's got to be on sale. Mm -hmm. We go and we get something and we get in the mirror and, and what do we do? Oh, yeah, that does good, right? There is nothing wrong with being put together, neat, clean. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to look like a homely urchin Amen. to be holy. Amen. Oh, but you need to cover some things up. Yes. How are you going to glorify God and stuff hanging everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Amen? That's both sides of the coin now. It's not just sisters. Think about it. And, 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 and when, sisters, let me, let, me, let me implore you. You do have an effect on brothers. Okay? <laughs> Father, I asked for this. Thank you. Amen. See, I asked for a real church. Yeah. I, asked for, I said, Lord, if you, go, if you want me to be a pastor, don't give me a bunch of fake goody. I, I, let's go ahead and do this. Yeah. And so when we, we're in Macy's and we say, ooh, this looks good on me. Not saying it doesn't. But leave something to the imagination. Please do. Brothers like me. But 
It's, it, it, you can really bother people when you go into Macy's and come out not glorifying God. Amen? Amen. We understand? Amen. We're not telling you, you need to wear this and you need to have. That's not what we're talking about. See, there's a modesty here. Remember we read a meek and quiet spirit, a modest person. That's what we're talking about. Amen? Now, if, if every curve on your body is showing, how, how are you going to find God? I know some people are going to tell, well, you know, he gave me this body. Some... <laughs> and for those on the conference line, I gave a, a really disgusted look for y'all not seeing it on the breath. Listen, everything to the glory of God. Pray before you go into Macy's. Macy's is designed to make sure you don't glorify God. Amen? It's designed for that. That's how they make money. Who designed it? The enemy of souls. Who designed fashion? The enemy of souls. Amen? Amen? So ask God how to do that. Amen? Amen. Now, let's go to the other store. Anybody? Let's go to Snooks, Kroger. When we go in there, Snooks ain't Memphis no more, but we have our brothers in St. Louis, and, and I want to, to honor them this morning with a reference for Snooks. Um, look, you go in, glorifying God. You stop by, and what do you buy? The things that glorify God. He said, whatsoever you eat, whatsoever you drink, do all to the glory of God. Amen? Amen? Now, what glorifies God? Where do we find what glorifies God? In his word. Yes. And so when we, we buy things that cannot be found anywhere on earth or in, this, in his word, we might not be doing it. Glorifying God is going to the store, buying nutritious things that take care of your body so your body can glorify God. Amen? Amen? Very simple, doesn't it? If you find something that does not nurture you or not giving you the nutrients like we learned this morning, and if you bought a big bag of broccoli sprouts, you'd be glorifying God, wouldn't you? Because that gives you the nutrients so you'll have the energy and the mind to do what? Praise and testify of his name. Amen. Now if we go to the store and buy things that kill us, then are we glorifying God? God, he paid a price to keep you alive and we, just, we dead set on killing us. Grocery store is full of death. Amen. Remember they tell you to stay on the outside of the store because that's where all the good stuff that might keep you alive is. You go in the middle of that, you're going to find a big bag of Doritos. <laughs> you're going to find stuff that you, let me tell you, nothing of any value that has not been dried should not last for three months. You buy a loaf of bread, it lasts more than seven days Something, something wrong. Do you see? Life begets life. Live food begets a more vital life. That's how you glorify God in your body. Amen? And in your, in your, in your spirit. See, and we, have to, we have to recognize we have a problem because we are hard-headed and we lust after things. We really do. We have a carnal streak in us that we're not really aware of, but God is going to show it to you this year. Because he said, we got to go to another level. And either you're going to fish or going to cut bait. Amen. And what's wonderful about it, he is showing us if we'll let him show us. Man, he's showing things about me I didn't even know was there. And one thing he's done for me, he's allowed me to see it and at least have an opportunity to make a decision. And that's really all you can ask. But oh, when you make that decision to say, yes, Lord, whew, things change. Because he takes over there. And what you jones for, you don't jones for anymore, Isaiah. It's not there anymore. And you don't even know what happened. Lord, I hadn't. Wow. And you just keep moving. What's next, Lord? What other unholy thing I've been unglorifying you with? And he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. And that's what's wonderful. That's why I want to encourage everybody this morning. This is a new way of living. It's a wonderful way of living. You don't ever have to go back to the vomit anymore. You never have to go back to the old way. You can live this life and be happy and joyous and prosperous doing it this way. But when you come up to it and you say, I don't want to get rid of that, or you start telling yourself, that's not necessary. When you start saying, God doesn't require that of me. Those are those key statements 
that you need to check yourself with the Lord. Because it's, it's pulling at something you don't want to give up. The battle is strong. The stronghold is real. And so ask God to help you let it go. Amen. Amen. As you learn, as he reveals, ask him for the power to let it go. Will he give it to you? Yes. Go to Psalm 50. That's our body and our spirit. Now we got some conversation we got to change. We got some dispositions we got to change now. And what, what he says here in Psalms 50. See, this is holy living. I know you, you, most of us you know, think holy living is not a good life. Let me tell you something. The more holy you're living, the more better the life. I mean a complete life too. Loneliness goes away when holy living. We're afraid that it's going to bring loneliness, don't we? We think, well, nobody's going to talk to me. <laughs> you mean them demons going to stop talking to you? Praise him. <laughs> they ain't going to invite me to them demonic pot-smoking parties no more. Praise him. <laughs> Man, I can't go out on Saturday night no more because I got to live this holy life. What are you doing Saturday anyway? Every, if you got to go to happy hour every week, Something wrong with your happy hour. Because you ain't found happiness yet. Find, do something else. <laughs> Psalm 50, 23. Psalms 50, 23 says, Whoso offereth praise does what? We, praise him. In the, in, the, in the trial, praise him. Amen? Amen? In the struggle, praise him. I'm not talking about that fake praise. Oh, when the Lord is good. You know, after an 18 paragraph statement about how terrible things are. But God is good. You know my foot don't work no more, but God is good. <laughs> Praise him for one foot. Thank you, Lord. I had a foot. I learned how to use it. Thank you for the years I had one. Praise your name. That's the difference, isn't it? Oh, Lord, things is terrible, but I know he gonna help me. Man, God says, look, holy living is praise. We're going to praise him this morning. He said, whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show what? The salvation of God. Hey, what about our conversations? There's some holy conversations in there, and there's some unholy conversations. One of the biggest unholy conversations is called gossip. Backbiting. That's some unholy conversation. If you got something to say, find the person and talk to them. Amen. See, we're talking about holy living now. The biggest enemy of the church is gossip. Well, you know. Amen? Amen. Oh, y'all act like y'all ain't been doing it. All of us have at some point. Amen. But holy living is about to happen now. And you know what a gossip can't stand? Loneliness. Oh, you walk up to somebody trying to gossip and they say, well, I, I ain't got time for that. That spirit will jump and it'll go and it'll be mad at you when it leaves, but thank God it left you. What about envy and strife? These conversations, God says, look, uh-uh, this is not holy living. He said, I need you to order your conversation right. Amen? So we got what we put on our body, what we put in our body, and what comes out of our mouth. Amen? Amen. We got that? Let's keep going. He said, Romans, go to Romans. Romans 4. Romans 4. We got another thing, how we glorify God. This is essential. And this is what's going to get you over the hump. But this is so vital to your eternal soul. We got to get this. We're in Romans 4. Verse 20. He was talking about Abraham. He staggered not. If we stop there, that'd be enough. He staggered not. When the impossibility was staring him in the face, he staggered not. When everyone around him said it cannot be done, he staggered not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was what? 
strong in faith. And because of that, what did he do? Giving glory to God. He gave glory to God because he was strong in faith. You want to know how to glorify God? Here's another way. Don't stagger at the promise of God. God promised it. Look like, look him right in the face and say, yay and amen and let's go. Caleb staggered not at the promise of God. As the, as the 15-foot men were staring him in the face, ha, I stagger not. Get out of my way, you own my land. And he was old, man. He wasn't 25. He had a few decades behind him. And that fella in front of him, man, you on my land, man. God promised me where you standing. Some got to give. And it looks like you. And didn't it happen that way? What about the other 10? The spies. What happened to them? They died because they staggered at the promise. They didn't believe. Why? Because they didn't want to live a holy life. Go to Joshua. He talked to Joshua about this. He said, don't stagger in unbelief. And I'm going to submit to you this morning, it's time for us to be strong now in faith. It's time for us to believe. I know this is not a regular group of people. I know it's not a regular church. Amen. I know it's not. I know we always seem like something is being presented to you that you got to do. I know. But I want to encourage you this morning. It is not impossible if you only believe. Amen. And it's not an option either. See, we could talk about the little things. Okay, everybody put flowers in the window. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and everybody would leave, be very happy. We're going to the flower store. And then the big bad wolf come and kill you in the house. I'm trying to keep you from getting devoured by the big bad wolf. God is trying to keep you, let you understand what's really going on and what we really have to do and how wonderful it is to do it. Amen. Now tomorrow, a whole bunch of churches you can go to and go feel good. Mm. Well, today you could too, I guess. <laughs> Because considering some people aren't here today, they must be at somebody's church. Even if their church is their house. You know you could do that? The church of me. All right, don't do that. Joshua chapter 1. It's time to be strong. It's time to be strong. And what, what, what the Lord was sharing with Joshua, he said, look, first of all, I want you to know something about strength and where your strength comes from. In verse 7 of Joshua 1, he said, only be thou strong and very courageous. For what purpose? That thou, what, beat up everybody that you come in contact with. No, that thou can win every war that you have to fight. Is that what it says? It says, that thou mayest observe to what? Do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. That's why he needed strength and courage to do the will of God. Not to fight the battles. Joshua wasn't afraid of a man. It takes courage to do the will of God. That's why he told him to be strong and of good courage. He said, Joshua, my servant, my leader, be strong to keep my word. He said, look, I need you to do something. I ask you, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Doesn't that sound good? See, we think holy living means no prosperity. It's the exact opposite. God can give you things that your money can't do. And he can do the things your money can do. He has, you need money? Or you need the things money buys? I always tell people, I don't need any money, my creditors do. God says, I am well able to prosper you and have good success. Yes. You've been tricked in believing that the devil's the only one passing out gifts. Amen. I don't want the devil's gift. I don't want his prosperity. I don't want his house. I don't want his car. I don't want his, his woman. I don't, I don't want his food. I don't want his drink. I don't want anything the devil has. 
because that's not good prosperity. That's a temporary fix to a lustful soul. He said, glorify me. He said, the book, verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt what? Meditate thereon day and night. Part of holy living. Open the book. Amen. Amen. Open the book. More than once a day. Meditate on what you read. Talk to him as you walk through. Amen. Amen. Yes. Let me tell you something. Lord did something for me. I didn't even know what happened. It's been three weeks since I've watched the television show. I don't even know what happened. It wasn't like I came. I'm just going to do this. It just ain't happened. Every time I get in the chair that I was going to watch TV, I'm studying. Well, so let me tell you something else. Oh, cool. Let's, let's do this. He said, okay, go here. I'm like, wow, I didn't see that. He said, meditate on it. Day and night. Amen? Amen. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written in, in therein. For then thou shalt make thy way what? Broke. Terrible. Lonely. Depressed. What did it say? Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt what? Have good success, brother Juan. Good success. Come on, y'all. Come on. Let's do this. Let's do this. Are you ready? Yes. Do you want it? Yes. Oh, man. I pray so. Because y'all are sitting on a plane that's going up. And the door about to close. Once this door closes, you're going up. And if you don't want to go up and live this holy life, you're going to be one miserable soul because this group of people are going higher. Because there's a gift God's about to give us. Remember there's a scripture that says, Ask the of the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain. Most people think that scripture says, Ask for the latter rain. That's not what that scripture says. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. See, there's a former rain and there's a latter rain. How are you going to have a latter rain you haven't had the former rain? In agriculture, you'll understand what that means. You need some water here to get the plant going, and then you need water here for the plant to finish what it's doing. We're trying to get to finishing, and we ain't even got the sprout system. God's about to give us some rain. But he also said it rains on the just and the unjust. It's up to you if you get this rain or not. He's coming with some rain. And that rain is the Holy Ghost. He's coming with it. And if you're ready to receive it, guess what will happen? You'll receive it. But you could be sitting right next to somebody who is not ready and it will just rain on them. And they will get nothing out of it. Are you ready for the rain? Holy living is a prerequisite. God's going to give it to you. No, you're not going to the most holy place tomorrow. So don't worry. It's a process. But he's want, he just wants your heart. He said, will you, will you do what I ask you to do when I ask you to do it? Will you be open to a conversation with me? If I ask you, you might make, need to make an adjustment here. Would you, be, would you consider it? That's what he's looking for this morning. Will you consider making a change in your life? That's all. You don't even have to know what the change is. We're so afraid that God is going to give us something we don't want to do. We are, well, I don't know, Lord. I always tease the brothers and say, you think God just got a stable of old, ugly women to give you. <laughs> I ain't going to trust God with my wife. Well, really? I trust God with my wife. Today, after 27 years, I still trust God with my wife. Amen. He loves her more than I know how. And he can teach me how to love her more than I'm able to. That's what prosperity really is. Amen. You want to go home to a mess or you want to go home to peace? That's prosperity. All the money in the world can't buy happiness, can it? I noticed it without your leg to try. <laughs> You'd be one rich, miserable soul. Let's go to Isaiah, if you would. We're going to get out of here. Oh, Father, we're going to get out of here just a second. Do you know God is wanting to bless you, but the problem is we don't know why we get blessed? Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah the book. Isaiah 61. 
I always mess up. I'm sorry, brother. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. God wants to bless us, but we don't know why we're getting blessed and the purpose of the blessing. We think God is blessing us so we can rejoice. No, we will rejoice. We think he's blessing us for us to consume it upon us. But in Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. This is what God is going to give us. The planting of the Lord. Why? That he might be glorified. God is going to do all this for us so he can be glorified. Amen. And we're going to rejoice because we glorify God. He wants to give us glory. He wants us to glorify him, right? He's blessing us for his glory. Shouldn't that run into each other at some point? Yes. Bountiful blessings, people, are coming. Pressed down and running over is coming. We just need to figure out why. He said, I, Matthew, Matthew 15, come on. Matthew 15. We're going to get out of here today at some point, amen? amen. Matthew 15. I want you to see what prosperity is. I want you to see the blessings of God and this holy living, what it does. Jesus lived a holy life. Did he not? Yes. Isn't he our example? Yes. Look at this. Verse 30, Matthew 15. Jesus was doing what he did. He said, and great multitudes came unto him, having with them what? Those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. He healed them. There was some submission going on here. First of all, you got to believe he could. You got to believe righteousness was standing in front of you. You have to believe in the example of Christ, and you have to submit to him. Can we submit this morning? He said he healed them, didn't he? Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they did what? Glorify. They glorified the God of Israel. Why? Because the blessing was for that purpose. The healing was for that purpose. So that's why you can't just pray healing on people. Oh, Lord, heal this person. I said, why? Yes, I can heal. You ever wonder why some of that times that happens? Lord, we prayed. He said, healing them is not going to glorify me. Oh, and God is still good. He's still merciful. I prayed that so-and-so would be healed and they didn't get healed. Lord, you didn't ask my prayer. He said, well, you stop determining what I am. He said, wasn't going to glorify me. A lot of people want to get healed so they can go back and do the same thing that got them sick in the first place. But God chooses that. I don't let God make those decisions. You know, in the death of someone, God's name can be glorified. If you, if you doubt that, think of Jesus. His death glorified his father. Amen. And even today, somebody's death might glorify him. It might have somebody stop and say, man, I need to do this. You know, God can, 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 can put people to sleep. He said, that's enough, son. You've done your job. That's enough, daughter. You've done your job. But I'm going to use this occasion because I know I got you. I know you're saved. I know you're okay. But I'm going to use this to get these people over here. You don't mind, do you? Amen. That's right. And a saint will say, Lord, what did Peter say? I'm ready to be offered up. Amen. He knew what was going to happen to him. Did he murmur and complain and whine? No. He said, I'm ready to be offered up. I fought the good fight. Right? Yes. Now, we need to go ahead and offer up self today. Yes. We need to tell self it's over now. We're not going to walk with that in there. We're looking for a holiness way of living now. 
And God is going to show each and every individual in here what he means by holiness. So don't get nervous. No, we're not coming out with a dress code. Amen? I know uh, the, young, the younger people say, well, what do you mean? We never heard of that before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we are coming out with holy living. We're going to have our conversations right. We're going to reverence the house of God. Oh, David did. We're going to do the same thing. You come here for what? To worship. Isn't that a different kind of mentality? Yes. We come here to worship God. We come here to praise Him. We come here to glorify Him. Amen? That's a different mentality. Now, let me ask you something. When you go to court, how do you look? What's your, what's your, what's your demeanor? I, all all y'all been to court. How do y'all go to court? <laughs> do you walk in like this? No. What's up, Judge? Sad. I saw somebody do that once. It was funny. Because he, the guy from the side of the room came and got him and took him that way. I don't know what happened to that guy. See, I've never been in the side room. I don't know what happened. I don't think it was good, though. You come to the judge like, what? You serious? Yes, sir. No, sir. Right? That's what you've been taught. When you stand before the judge of the universe, what's your de demeanor? It, it should be at least as much as you give to the guy behind the desk. As a reverence to our God. Come with your best. Amen. Your best. Didn't say you had to go, go to Macy's and buy a new suit, buy a new dress. Come with your best. Why? He deserves it. Amen. He deserves it. Amen. You're going to show up and say, well, Lord, you know, I don't care if your best is some raggedy tennis shoes and overalls. It's your best. Amen. That's what God wants. He said, come at me like you know who I am. Amen? Amen. It used to be like that. It used to be like that. Come at me like you know who I am. Glorify me in all that you do. Act like you respect who he is. Yes. When you go to grandmama's house, you act differently, don't you? <laughs> yes. Anybody with grandmothers or uncles or people you respect? Yes. Some grandmamas are crazy, but and I'm talking about the old school grandma. <laughs> You could be doing anything, but as soon as you hit them steps, how you doing, Grandma? Yeah, you could be half out of it, but you're trying to hold yourself up. <laughs> how you doing, Grandma? <laughs> Think who God is. Yes. When you come through his door, his place, how should you act? Hey, come in and submit and be happy and praise him. See, he's about joy and praise. Yes. He's not about misery and murmuring. Yes. He said, come into my house with thanksgiving. Enter my courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's how you come into God's house. Amen. Yes. And you're going to respect God's house because that's what holy people do. Amen. Amen. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there, but we got a God that can move it. Amen. 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 Last scripture, Psalm 24, and we're going to get out of here. Brother Michael, I, I'm sorry. This is the last scripture we think. Psalm 24. And we start at verse 6. This is the generation of them that seek him. That seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up the everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Then there was a question asked, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. The question was asked, who is this king of glory? And it says the Lord of hosts he is the king of glory. Amen. Amen. We're going to lift up our heads today. Amen. Yes. 
We're going to open up some doors today, the doors to our hearts, because the King of Glory is trying to come in. Yes. How wonderful he is. How marvelous he is. Will he accept it today? Yes. yes. Will we come to the conclusion that God is God and he is worthy to be praised and we should glorify him in all that we do? Yes. Why? Because he is the King of Glory. Yes, he is. And if the 420 elders can do it, why can't we? Oh, they were taken, these 24 and 20 elders were taken from all nations. They're just like us. They glorify our God. We must glorify him in all that we do. We're going to praise him for the rest of our lives now. Why? Because he inhabits the praise of his saints. We're going to glorify him. Why? Because that's what people do who love the Lord. We're going to reverence him because he says, follow me because we're about to become fishers of men. He said, I'm about to rain down my spirit upon you. Will you receive it? Yes. He said, all I want you to do is be strong and be very courageous. So you may keep all my law and my statute because I'm trying to give you good success. We need good success, don't we? I want you to know something. I need you all to pray for this church. I know you're doing all you can. I know you are. But I need you to pray. We need a collective prayer that we can stay, not here necessarily, but we can stay moving forward. See, we're about to cross over to the Jordan. Over to Jordan. We're about to get to the promised land, and the devil is doing everything he can to keep us out. But as a unit, we're going to say, no way. Because God is God. He has promised. We're not staggering at the promise of God. He said we're going over to the promised land. But the devil's trying to keep that from happening. He's trying to keep us with no lights. He's trying to keep us with no building. He's trying to do all he can. But he doesn't understand. He's up against a, wise, a very wise and gracious God. And all God is looking for is you to pray. You pray. Pray for the, for the salvation of this body. Collectively pray. In your morning, in your evening prayer, pray for us. Because we're moving up. And once we move up, the devil knows he has nothing left. See, we're going to be like Jesus and say, he has nothing in me. So when he comes, there's nothing he can do with us. So keep praying. Amen? Is that word of prayer.